0: Right. welcome back to the content that grows we're back here for another week uh, back on with Nate how's it going Nate I'm doing well how are you good um, so this week I wanted to talk about something that we we see on calls and I've experienced this anywhere I've ever been at some point in the SEO journey especially when you're starting mm-hmm. out which is, what does it mean if you're starting to see organic traffic growth? Or maybe you've seen organic traffic growth for a while, yeah. um, but you are not seeing leads. And so a little bit different format this week, but we want to walk through kind of seven of the most common reasons why, like, leads aren't coming in. Um, and just to cover real quickly, so the seven topics we want to cover are, you know, A lot of times we're not getting leads because, you know, you might have like a weaker brand or an unknown product. Um, You're siloing SEO efforts or relying solely on SEO as a channel for marketing. Um, There's too much emphasis on short-term results. Uh, Perhaps you've got the wrong mix of topics across the funnel, Um, even not enough content topics covered, um, not enough meaningful touch points for prospects to turn into leads. Um, and then finally we'll wrap up with kind of the, the wrong CTAs or even, you know, maybe unbelievably, so the absence of CTAs altogether on content. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a good list. So yeah, let's start with the first one then. Um, and then maybe you just want to lead us into, you know, how does, how does a weak brand unknown product kind of affect things? And how can we diagnose if, if that's the problem?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you had to illustrate this point for yourself, and just sort of think objectively about any of your experiences sort of researching and buying, so even like on the consumer side, you know, if you have um, you know, sort of the come across an option, like, Nike shoes, you know Nike, you know the brand, you know quality. You've quite likely owned a product from them in the past. Very different than like, you know, hey, here's this new type of shoe or like this new brand or whatever. Um, you know, and we've obviously seen certain ones with, you know, Allbirds and uh, On cloud and a number of, of shoes that sort of popped up uh, in the in recent history. But to my to point is like they're there's naturally going to be more friction for you in the product that you don't know as much about. You want to dig in, you want to learn a little bit more, you want to understand more, um, potentially going to read reviews a bit more, things like that. And so um, I think it does apply very similarly here where you, uh, when you're just not as well known, you maybe don't have reviews at all, or maybe only a few reviews on like review sites or, you know, just, People haven't heard of you from others. Like there's just a lot of that stuff that, um, that just naturally makes it more difficult. So you could be, you know, crushing it with organic traffic, but outside of that, you you have to realize it's not just traffic, click, convert, you know, over and over and over. There is a buying journey, and um, so if you are a bit weaker on some of those other pieces, then I think that, um, I think that does play a big a big part in it.
0: Yeah, for sure. When I think about, um like auditing or checking for this. Um a lot of times it's it's like you mentioned, like, is your product even appearing on review sites? Are people mentioning you within like these lists? Can you can you go find that? Um if you want to do a quick search to see if you have a strong brand or if your brand is growing, you can do something as simple as like going on Google Search Console and seeing like are people, do people, when they find our website, are they searching our brand? Um, and is that query growing over time? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there are other ways of, of kind of gauging that out too, if you're using sort of, if you've got a social media presence, you know, I know it's harder and harder to make your brand appealing, especially if you're starting out something people want to follow, but in general, are people you know interacting with the brand, the brand website? Are they following it, or even are they engaged with you know any people on your team that are in social spaces? Yeah. Um, and then uh, there is a way that I kind of assess even our own brand, which is like our ability to get into like industry or co-marketing appearances. Yeah. Um, because that's often a two-way street. So if I'm not offering visibility for that other brand or some type of validity for one of their other goals, um, they're probably turning us down. And if I'm not getting in those spaces, there's probably some brand building that's going to help. And I think it's just SEO is oftentimes, especially early on, even if your traffic's growing, a lot of those users, this is the first time they're engaging with anything you've done. And so building that brand alongside of all of this kind of written article focused search content is, is going to be important to generating a lead ultimately. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Good points. And then, all right, let's cover something Mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, but I think it ultimately also plays into the reason why you you can see some crazy growth in organic traffic without leads if you're siloing your SEO efforts um, or if SEO is the only channel that you're using. Uh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, when
1: we talked about kind of pure SEO versus uh, SEO being part of SaaS marketing, yeah, we covered a bit of that. And yeah, I think, um, again, you know, in the context of we're getting organic traffic, but we're not getting, you know, leads, pipeline, revenue, free trial signups, whatever it might be. Um, there, yeah. When you think about like, if you're siloing SEO efforts, um, then you still kind of lack that connected tissue. There's, um, you know, again, I think a lot of uh, a lot of these things that we're going to talk about today are probably going to come back to like just being empathetic to the buying journey, um, because again, it's it's not just I got the organic traffic, they came, they clicked, they signed up, and mm. there's um, you know I think along the buyer journey, people also want to like understand more about what you know and your perspective and how your product works and um, what you're an authority on and, and some of those things. And so other types of content, or at least having, um, better connectivity between, um, content that's optimized for search and other content really does kind of enable that path for people to learn more, explore, understand your perspective, kind of gain that trust and make like feel good about this. It's not just the product functionality. It's like the company in general, is aligned with kind of our objectives and the way we think about things and um, and all that. So I I completely agree. Um, And, you know, in some extreme cases, certainly if you had um, from like a site structure standpoint, you really had content siloed to the point where people couldn't really even navigate to find other areas. And it was like, almost like just an Island um, then that very much is Is a problem and and missing a big opportunity to connect them through and, and try to drive the conversions as well
0: yeah it always cracks me up when when i'm like working on something and you're just running a completely separate seo strategy it's such a funny thing it's like every other piece of content being worked on has this very clear authentic feel and then there's this like seo side and like your topics aren't even the same. They're just like, okay, like go define our product category and talk about these definitions and do whatever. And you're like, no, but your narrative is so compelling. The thing you're getting yeah. across here and the, the, the like tidbits that you're offering your audience of like SME in these podcasts that people keep coming back for are ultimately where we should start pillaring and like working around your product expertise yes. here. So that siloed effort, when you see that silo, it, it to me, it's just like, means even if SEO ends up working for you, it's going to take exponentially longer for it to start generating leads. Cause that's not why people are returning. Correct. Yep. Um, I think this is just a plague across the industry, but I focusing too much on the short-term results or demanding that SEO drive nothing but short-term results. And as, maybe this is like non-intuitive, but is kind of one of the easiest ways to not generate leads um, with your SEO efforts. So wondering if like, what's your opinion is on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think the, I understand the logic
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to say, you know, well, if there's the big focus on short-term results, um, we are, you know, really going to try to focus on topics and things that are going to drive that. Um, and I think that it can, I, I definitely think, um, if, you know, I had to choose between a, a, a roadmap full of top of funnel topics and, uh, topics that were product led and, and very close to the product and higher intent, you know, absolutely would go that, that direction. Um, but I think that it, um, it kind of gets into like the local maximum concept Mm -hmm. where like you can do that, but ultimately, um, you know, there's going to be only so far you can go like, yes, they're typically lower search volume topics, that's fine sometimes you find a gem that has a lot of search volume that's uh you know significantly more than what's reported in a tool and that all works well but to really kind of continue to have sustainable growth and you know be in a program where you're consistently hitting uh the performance targets and driving pipeline and driving revenue um, you're going to have to have that balance of the long term and the short term um to be able to build the awareness build the um uh, build your own audience like build the footprint much bigger um that can ultimately lead to more conversions instead of just trying to to hammer out more and more and more uh in that short-term view so um that's how how i interpret this but i would love to kind of hear a bit more about your thoughts on it as well
0: yeah no i think that that's exactly right like it, it's it's striking, it's striking the balance or having any type of balance at all. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense early on to make sure you've kind of got this netting kind of built in to capture demand around bottom of the funnel and, and minimum of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and even having some like, you know, branded content, you know, feel free to announce that new feature and and like hype that up. Um. Okay. A lot of times it's like that's built there without this like long-term focus and people forget that there's a mechanism by which like your top of funnel topics also drive interest and people into some of that middle of the funnel and bottom, which sort of helps drive that long-term and short-term balance and like help them kind of weave that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um and then I also think we, we get really into the weeds sometimes too early on around like how many MQLs and how many SQLs am I driving um, without first sort of evaluating this like, well, what is my content conversion rate anyways? Like how could I start yeah. to predict these like bigger goals that I want if I don't really understand, you know, the both the conversion rate and like even if i'm bringing in enough traffic to kind of set these goals further out to like hit certain conversion rates and that's just if you're sort of driving at a simple numeric way of solving whether or not you'll hit your lead goals yeah does that make sense yeah
1: yeah absolutely and and i think that definitely comes into play a lot more in bigger programs so maybe you are you know six or even seven figures a month in organic traffic and you do generate a lot of leads but you just need to figure out more and i think that definitely becomes an even bigger piece um but since you're talking about like conversion rate stuff uh i mentioned local maximum like mm-hmm. I, I guess i wanted to just kind of circle back and round that out a little bit like that there. you know if you think about like a b testing and for anyone that's done that like there's sort of the, the concept of like a local maximum and a global maximum. And like, there are a lot of tests that you can run that are, you may be considered like low hanging fruit or something um, where it's going to be, you know, a button color or, you know, a little bit of like a variation on how the top of the page is laid out or, you know, uh, removing a top nav on, landing page or social proof different kinds of social proof like there's a lot of things you can do and those are good tests uh but a lot of times they have um there's only so much impact they can make you know which would be the the local maximum and then really where you get into like the the larger impact uh is not by looking at a page and deciding what you want to test or even looking at data and looking deciding you want to test but digging deep into like the the psychology of your customer and deeply understanding where the value is being had with your product and what jobs to be done, and all of that, that really helps you understand fundamentally how do I shape that uh, landing page or buying process or sign up flow, onboarding, any of that to better fit that. And um, that's what really kind of opens up the global maximum, like you can have step level change and have, you know, significant impact. And I think that that's what applies here is, you know, there are definitely things you can do, and there's some obvious topics and pieces of content you can create. Um, uh, but really, you know, the, the larger growth and the the larger lever for more conversions from your content, uh, comes down to some of these bigger pieces. And, and like I said, very similar, you know, understanding the psychology, understanding jobs to be done, where the value is, all of that, and in building a larger balanced program around all of that. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I think this is sort of an aside, but just recently, like, talking to more customers and also having, you know, a salesperson on board who's talking to prospects consistently uh, really has changed the framework for jobs to be done and, like, the ability to generate leads or, like, your other pages and like the way you use words because if i had to just use like seo keywords out of a out of a tool that i thought like oh yeah this makes sense or like this is a problem (laughs) i like can imagine our prospects have and then Mm -hmm. have someone come back who says no they're over here talking about this topic like they've got these problems and you're like i never would have imagined a pillar around that. And now it makes total sense to me that that's their actual objective, but, um, right. Anyways, that's an aside, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a good addition for sure. Um, okay. Th- this gets into, well, it kind of transitions nicely. Uh, yeah. just simply like, again, having the wrong mix of topics across the funnel, um, can be another, another reason why you're not generating leads off of your content.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a big one, and, and it is probably a bit of a summary of what I was just saying. And that you, you have to like they, it's not just about which topics have the most search volume or which ones you can less competitive and you can rank for. Uh, we talk about this all the time with clients and prospects. Is like we we need to identify. The topics that are going to bring people whether they're converting right then or not they need to be the right people that their icp and it's you know whether it's now or in six months it's the kind of person who is going to be a good fit for the product and so um i think this is probably one of the most prevalent reasons why people have um a good amount of organic traffic and they don't have the you know, conversions and like business impact that they're looking for is that they've, they've attacked a lot of topics that have great traffic, they rank and it's awesome. But at the end of the day, uh, if you just, again, sort of just be very objective about it, I don't think that they're the context of why someone would be coming to your site on for that content does not get them any closer to being a prospect for your company.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, like one of the best ways to solve this is just kind of like audit the content for leaky buckets um, mm-hmm. pretty routinely. Uh, in the industry, we call it a gap analysis, but it's just kind of like figuring out like, okay, like what stages of your funnel have you solved for? Um, you know, are you missing some of those bottom of the funnel pieces um, or, you know, are, do you need to move further up funnel because you've squeezed out the bottom and middle? Uh, Yep. And you're just going to sort of evaluate that as your content program grows. Uh, I think this is one of the most important ones to get right. Uh, otherwise, you start to run strategies like you'll see a lot of uh, content agencies run, which is basically like throw everything at the search engine algorithm and just like build mountains and mount- mountains of content. And you, you bet, essentially, you're saying like, if I have... 10 million in organic, organic monthly traffic. Like how could I miss, uh, and it's kind of like a very expensive way to approach content marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's dig into the next topic, which is, um, you know, just simply not, not having enough content topics covered yet in order to generate leads.
1: Yeah, I think there's some. Some natural reasons for this, obviously, if you're an earlier stage company building things up, that's logical. You know, you're early on, you just don't have as much built, and you will over time. But you know, there's I think some other things to consider for companies um, when you might be getting organic traffic, but you're not getting leads. You know, there's uh, one thing comes to mind is a a client I had when I was consulting prior to starting uh, Ten Speed and worked with them for a short period of time, but they had um, a good amount of content, maybe 40, 50 po- posts, but there was a substantial number of those that were kind of like all on basically the same topic, just like slight variations. It wasn't like, you know, well-rounded topic cluster or anything. It just was sort of like, felt like a lot of content saying the same thing. And so, you know, when you distilled that down and, you know, say you're to kind of consolidate some of those into like one or two topics, it really was like, Hey, you really only have like 10 or 12 posts on your site. Um, and you're not really giving you know, someone that comes in, you're not giving them much breadth. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, you want to have a lot of ways people can find you, um, especially tied to pain points and maybe like second order questions and, um, and covering like, like having it tied to your product and, and just, again, sort of jobs to be done, uh, idea, I think makes, um, a big impact. So yeah, when there's just not enough content, I think that people, um, have fewer ways to find you, um, that can lead to conversions, but also for those who are finding you just might not feel like a very fulfilling experience. You know, you kind of want someone to land there and be like, Oh my gosh, they get me like, this is the, you know, the mother load of, of content. (laughs) That's exactly what I've been looking for that solves so many of my problems. And, uh, and I think you know that all kind of helps lead towards the, the ultimately becoming a a customer. So um, I think those are a few things that, that come to mind for me.
0: Yeah, I, I I kind of view it as like there's there's just a minimum threshold. We don't exactly know what that threshold is, but we we have to provide some type of like full thought out kind of beginning and ending to each. I don't know. I I almost call them like curriculums of education that you're putting up on your website. And does someone feel like they can get that entire, uh, I don't know, like the entire of all the learnings they need to about that topic, or at least enough, um, that to your point, it's like when it feels like it gets you and it meets you like where you're at or like in your, your time and place or industry of career wise, um, you're more likely to even like bookmark it. Is right, It's that resource you're going to save time and time again. So then you're, that's when you start to see that, that SEO yep. and searchability starts to like just ramp up and exponentially impact your company. Yep, I agree. Um, and then the, the other part, and, and this sort of goes along with like not having enough content topics so is certainly just not having enough meaningful touch points, um, for your prospects.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's, um, yes, it does sort of build on that. I think, and that you, um, like organic search is one way, and then I think, you know, maybe you've experienced it yourself in some way where like you hear from someone or you see something mentioned in a Slack community, but then you also see you know in a list or a sponsorship somewhere or you know webinar guest or something and then you then you search for something you're trying to figure out and come across something and you go oh my gosh this is that same company that you know i heard about or i you know saw in that webinar and in, obviously the order is, happens in all kinds of variations but um all of those i think build on each other and then similar similarly like the part that ties a lot to, uh, ha- not having enough topics is, you know, if you're kind of in different sessions looking for different things and you keep coming across the same company, um, f- across multiple searches, then I think that also kind of builds into that, like multiple touch points, um, kind of like moving them along the journey. Um, and so I think it's kind of a testament to multiple topics and it's a testament to, um, understanding that it is a, a journey that takes time and there's, there's multiple touch points. And then, you know, I'll let you chime in on this first, but it also kind of a testament to the, the next part we're going to talk about as well, which is the CTAs. So, so I think it's a definitely a big one that, that ties in a lot to how you get more of the conversions and business impact from organic traffic.
0: I think for me, when I think about multiple touch points as well, it's, it's like a mixture of, you know, what you're talking about, which is like just, being seen all over the place. Um, and, and like the better you are in some ways starts to make the, like all we see all the time, like attribution problems and measurement problems and things like that. But like the better you are at marketing, like you're naturally now creating this like question mark around in spite of, or because of, um, but that kind of means it's, it's working, you know, like, oh, we can't tell, but they're hitting all of these different things um, and that's what it takes. I can't tell you the number of companies I know about because I ran into them three or four times. Um, you know, a lot of times it is that in podcasts or on social. And then I noticed that I pinged off of three or four of their blog posts. And now all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I'm really like this company seems up on it. And like, they're doing cool work. And then the other part of it is like, (laughs) though sometimes SEO for me is like one way you're getting some in front of someone, right. And then you're mm-hmm. moving them and like the next natural touch points just being like, even possibly your company landing pages or something. And like, are those even built to convert? Did that say what you wanted it to say? Um, cause a lot of times, you know, it's a thing to make fun of home pages and feature pages and all of that. But, um, like those are another meaningful touch point. And so like, if your SEO is really good and you know, your other content marketing efforts are all sort of circulating and you're seeing this growth, but then they hit your landing pages and it's a total mess and they can't interpret it. Like it's another reason why your leads aren't growing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think that, yeah, there's definitely the, the need for that. And that again, sort of supports the last topic about it's not pure SEO, you know, it's the, the SAS marketing brand product marketing conversion. Um, and seo and so that's very you know product marketing becomes a much bigger play in the homepage and feature page services any of that stuff so um a a very important point to have that tied together and uh I, i agree that it's certainly can be a factor as well in terms of not getting those conversions that you're looking for
0: and then all right finally we made it to the um the wrong CTAs or the absence of CTAs um, being relatively prevalent on, on, especially blog content.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I don't want to go at length on this one because I know we've talked about it a decent amount um, in other episodes and stuff. But it's in this context, it's definitely relevant and can't be missed. So, um, I would say sometimes this is like. The easiest and most obvious thing, you know, when you come in and see someone that has a good amount of organic traffic, but they're just not getting the the leads and business impact that they're looking for, that is often tied to this exact thing, which is wrong CTAs or the absence of CTAs. Um, and so wrong CTAs being like, Hey, all we do is just put, you know, start your free trial CTA on everything. And that's fine and you can start that way and see what does work and what doesn't but like there are a lot of people who are just finding out about your brand or just you know getting a little bit of value because you helped them with this one thing uh sort of an initial uh, interaction but they're not ready to like jump into a product and so uh you're just kind of missing out on opportunities to you know move them into a newsletter that helps build your audience or um, you know, point them towards more assets or get them to subscribe to your podcast or any of that kind of stuff that uh, I think just builds towards that. And then, you know, absence of CTAs. I think at this point, everyone probably has something, you know, most of the time, like at least something at the bottom of the post uh, or at the bare minimum, there's like a, a CTA in the top nav on every page. But um, it is often surprising. First of all, you have to remember... The very very small percentage of people scroll to the bottom of any page, uh, whether it's a blog post or you know product page. Um, so you're just automatically lowering your conversion chances by you know seventy to ninety five percent by only having something at the bottom. And so um, you know understanding scroll depth and kind of putting things there, and then you're just making things that are inline, text based, visual. Like there's a lot of Uh, ways to add that in so um, I I think it's a really big one Um, and you know if I were to say anyone listening to this podcast episode right now of all the things we've talked about like that I would jump into that one first make sure you've you've covered it well just because you have the traffic you know start with the CTAs Um, and there's you know I think a lot of important and meaningful things we've covered in these seven areas but um, start there because sometimes that can just be a pretty, pretty quick change. You can make to have a good impact. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm super bullish on kind of nurture based CTAs. Um, obviously I want people to sign up for free trials and like demos and things like that. Um, but I also really want to move people from what is kind of a passive marketing activity, which is them coming in. Um, through a search engine into like the ability to email them and, and kind of get direct access to them. When I have something else of value to share with them. Um, yeah. And so like, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of times the the thing I see the most is just the CTA is too strong. It's just, you're just asking strong. not the right word. The CTA is like too demanding for the stage you're at. so you're really always selling it like you said it's always at the bottom um i mean honestly if you had one nurture for every single blog post and you moved it up to the top you'd probably be further (laughs) along than than most blogging activities with ctas
1: yeah i'm reminded of a client we started working with uh like two years ago um like e-commerce space, tons of, tons of content already. Uh, we did a lot of kind of content optimization to start like, uh, you know, rewriting, pruning, like just fixing up a lot of, of old content. But, um, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked about as much is we, I don't remember what it was, maybe somewhere in the order of like 200 to 300% increase mm-hmm. in product p- product page views. Um, yeah, it's on simply our, by... it's on
0: results page, you can go look at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Simply by putting, um, uh, CTAs to like relevant products based on the topics in the post, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and then obviously, you know, that's not the end goal, just to have product page views. Um, but you know, the, the trickle down was there and there was additional conversions and additional revenue and, and some, some really solid results, um, but it started with just saying, "Hey, I ha- already have traffic coming to this post on this topic. You have products that you sell that are related to this, and you just tell people about it, and lo and behold, they'll go there." And um, <laughs> so that one was probably a bit of an extreme example of just the amount of uh, of traffic that they had and 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 everything. But also, again, just sort of great example of start there, like just add some of that, and you can have a pretty pretty big impact in shaping the way people flow through your site and kind of facilitating that buyer journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we underestimate sometimes, especially in the direct to consumer space, um, where a product view is like depending on the way they buy that product is that person putting, you know, that idea or some people call it mind share or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. in their back pocket until they need said product or they want to use it. So sometimes just learning and seeing it is, is great. And if they haven't put it on the thousands of blog posts that they have, it's yeah. a great place to start.
1: Yeah. And there's also, you know, a lot of times the retargeting is built off of product pages, but not, you know, blog content, um, you know, in, in some cases. And so even by just getting them there, then you kind of trigger another marketing touch point and you know, kind of move that along. So. For Um, yeah, tons of opportunity, but you know, I think, um, to kind of wrap it up, there's, I I think, as you said at the beginning, there's just so many companies we talk to that, um, have this issue, you know, we're like, we get pretty good organic traffic. We're just not happy with the, the business impact and, and the results that we're getting from it. And, um, so we want to just kind of cover with this, some of the most common things we've seen, and then just also things we know you should do, um, as part of it so hope this was helpful to you um and uh you know definitely feel free to to reach out to our team if you had any questions or um thoughts to to kind of build on this topic i'd love to chat more but outside of that please feel free to visit 10 podcast uh, for all past episodes and um, as always please like and subscribe on your platform of choice That'll wrap it up until next time. Thanks, Terry. Thank you.